Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's national feminist current affairs programs, produced by women and gender diverse broadcasters at 3CR Community Radio Melbourne on unceded Kulin lands and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Senya. On today's show, we are covering the recent cancellation of the Asian American Literature Festival in Washington, D.C. on Turtle Island. The festival was cancelled a month prior to commencing without reasonable explanation. This decision has impacted writers not only on Turtle Island, but also a cohort of Asian Australian writers who were expected to attend the festival. We chat with Liminal founder and editor Leah Jing McIntosh, as well as writer Hasib Hurani, who are currently over on Turtle Island. Let's hear from Leah and Hasib. I'm Leah Jing McIntosh. I'm the founding editor of Liminal Magazine, and my pronouns are she, they. I'm Hasib Hadani, and I am one of the writers involved in Liminal's Slow Currents workshop. Uh, and my pronouns are he and they. You're both currently over on Turtle Island, and you were expected to attend the 2023 Asian American Lit Festival in Washington, D.C. Um, until it recently got cancelled a month prior to commencing. Can you share with listeners what happened, what was their reason for cancelling, and how this has affected you and the cohort of Asian-Australian writers you're travelling with? So we were invited to the Asian American Literary Festival last year, um, around this time, and we're really excited. Um, Liminal's bringing over eight writers from Aotearoa and, sorry, four writers from Aotearoa and four from Australia. Um, And we'd been programmed into the festival, I think it was like three or four events in the end. And a month out from the festival, the acting director um, just out of the blue cancelled the whole thing um, and didn't even tell the team, just sent quite a haphazard email to of the like fellow programmers and the groups that were involved all the community groups and artists who'd been involved in programming um so it was like fairly abrupt and quite shocking yeah and just saying as well as obviously having the events that were programmed that were the liminal specific ones each of the writers also had their own writers and events in the works. So for example, I was set to run a workshop um, with the Muslim Writer Salon, which is based out of New York, and um, another one with Kunduman, which is specifically uh, an event for diaspora Palestinians, a a reading and panel event. Um, And so there were other avenues through Slow Currents and through the festival that all of the other writers were kind of building community on the ground here in America or Turtle Island rather, um, that with those event, with the festival getting cancelled, so too did those independent events as well. Yeah, that's super um, frustrating. In terms of the communication that you'd had with this director, I think I read in an article that um, for some people it was their first interaction with this um, acting director. Uh, was this the case with you, Leah? Yeah, we didn't know who she was um, when she sent the email. Um, we had to look her up. 
Uh, so she's had really no kind of association with many of the people involved in the festival. My understanding is that there's, so she's part of an organisation called the Smithsonian. Who was like organising the festival? Was it just that organisation or were there like partners involved? The Asian American Literary Festival, the director is Lawrence Minby Davis, who's an incredible activist, artist, academic. Um, and he, he has his own team and has also brought, like, it began really as a collaboration between, I think, the Library of Congress and Kundiman Writers Workshop. Um, it's not really owned by the Smithsonian. It's very much like a beautiful kind of community um, endeavour. And it began in 2017. So this was to be the third iteration of the festival, which I think is very much needed, especially in... America in light of the anti-Asian racism that has kind of drenched this country in the pandemic. So yes, so there was a team creating this beautiful festival who were in the very final stages of confirming everything when uh, the directors, I suppose boss or the acting director, um, just cancelled the whole endeavour with no prior warning. I, I think the team found out at the same time that I did, so programmers and, yeah, artists, which is really devastating. What was the significance of attending this festival for you and um, the cohort of writers you're with? Well, we've been working together as a cohort of 10 of us, really, if you include Rosabelle and Leah, which we do. Um, for over a year now, we started working together in the middle of last year. And it's all been remote, it's all been digital, and we've been building towards this in-person uh, residency and uh, festival. And so it's been twofold because we get to connect uh, with these writers who we'd never met in person, who we'd known for a while now. But on top of that, we were really counting on this trip to the US to build networks here on Turtle Island uh, and and access, I think, the the depth of literature that exists here that we haven't really had in where we're based. I think the the way that we talk about it is that we're a couple decades behind the U.S. the lit scenes and and that's Australia and then New Zealand is a couple decades behind us. Um, and so this trip was really us just being able to see what our future might look like as Asian writers as a part of the diaspora. Uh, and, and through that, take that back to Australia and back to Aotearoa and put that into practice and bring that wealth back into the communities and grow the literature and, and the atmosphere in a way that we haven't been able to because we've been geographically siphoned uh, for, for so long. So that was, I think, what I've felt the most grief about uh, is that I've felt so distant from this scene that is integral and has the most cultural capital globally. Uh, and we were going to be learning so much and, and putting that into practice and being able to forge connections in a way that then means we can return to this scene as well. Uh, it wasn't just a one-off trip. It really was a process of community building um, and in interacting and meeting with writers who we'd also been meeting through Slow Currents, because uh, we were learning and doing fortnightly 
workshops with some pretty significant Asian American writers. And so to, to meet them in person would have also been fantastic, but they're no longer coming to DC with the festival's cancellation. So I see. So um, maybe we can touch on what uh, Slow Currents is. Slow Currents is, um, I guess it's an international Asian diaspora writing workshop. It began in like very slow and intentional dialogue between myself and Rosabelle Tan, who uh, create like runs an Asian New Zealander kind of like uh, like art production. And she, I mean, she founded Pantograph Punch in Aotearoa. Um, and we just really wanted to create opportunities for artists who we could see had gone past the emerging artist node but hadn't gone to the point of like completely established because it seems to be there's a dearth of opportunities for people who've like been around a bit but have like have are maybe about to do their first book or have just passed that and we wanted to create this like professional opportunity so we really we learned about the funding in 2021 and spent that whole year kind of very carefully pulling it together, figuring out who might be interested in working with us while also asking Asian American writers to come and workshop and meet us to create some, like a triangle kind of between the three countries of excellence and learning together, which was really exciting. So last year we brought uh, Viet Thanh Nguyen, Hua Su, I think Alice Sparkly Cat, Charles Yu, like a really incredible collection of people. And we began the series by asking two scholars from each, from Aotearoa and from Australia, to give a long history of Asian diaspora within those countries. And it was just such a good way to begin because thinking through migration and thinking through what it means to be in minority settlers on stolen lands all together and understanding contexts. Um, so we've been doing that digitally and this year we uh, received funding from the Australia Council's International Funding Program and also Creative New Zealand in order to bring people together to kind of um, make it to that next step um, because I guess we've had so much fun within these international dialogues exchanging these systems and models and ways of learning and writing and kind of creating within our own artistic networks and communities. But it, it's just been such a generative cultural exchange that we wanted to kind of expand it because we're not just learning from each other, but I think a lot of like Americans were learning a lot from, from us. And I felt that was really beautiful just because of the cultural he hegemony of American culture that we could kind of have a circulation of knowledge. I love that. Like, I, I think that, you know, my, with my own experience of um, going to Turtle Island, um, more in like the film, film world, it's just like, um, the context is always so different, like wherever you go in terms of um, the Asian diaspora community in those countries and what they're focusing and whatnot. And I think that, um, yeah, Asian Australian writers and artists have a lot to have their own context that they're working in, as you, as you both know, um, and, and things that we're thinking about that I haven't necessarily seen in other countries, but I think that's what makes us, um, our work interesting as well. I would love to hear, like, what were some of the things that you noticed um, 
Asian diasporas from other countries were learning from um, Asian Australian writers. When we do the acknowledgement of country, often the artists that we were working with were interested in it and kind of took a lot from the way in which we acknowledge our existence within this or within the unceded land um, within which we live, which for me is the Wurundjeri Wurrung land of the Kulin Nation. And it was really interesting to be able to kind of unpick that in terms of like where they were coming from. So it's a very specific cultural context, but I think in some ways um, so-called Australia is is making, oh, how should I put this, is like acknowledging that dis- like this discomfort and um, kind of the nature of the land is unstated in a way that doesn't occur on Turtle Island, um, at least from the, the artists we were talking with. I agree. And also something I noticed is that I think by virtue of there not being uh, as many Asian writers in Australia as there are in America, um, it meant that the cohort of the people, like my peers, um, there's a lot more kind of cross-cultural conversations happening in a way that I don't see as often in the U.S. and that um, a lot of my peers that I work really closely with and I'm, and I'm co-writing pieces with um, are South Asian or East Asian. And so it doesn't feel like, in, which is something that in America I've kind of wanted to gauge and access is that there's a community of, a, a very rich community of Arab American writers. Um, but the same doesn't really go for Australia because there aren't as many of us. So it just means that we're all working together and learning from each other in a more intimate way than I think happens here, at least from what I've seen so far. On community radio around Australia, you are listening to Women on the Line. Today, we're covering the abrupt cancellation of the Asian American Literature Festival. We're chatting with Liminal founder and editor Leah Jing McIntosh, as well as writer Hasib Hurani, about the festival and the Liminal project Slow Currents. Let's continue to hear from them. So you've had the residency, which was already going to happen regardless of the festival. So can you tell us like what's the experience been for you to perform and to showcase your work um, to an Asian American audience and yeah what that experience has been like? We've been performing at very kind of community oriented spaces which is something that we've really loved and and found different I think to the to kind to the kinds of venues that we would uh, perform at in in Aotearoa and in, in, in Australia. Uh, so the, uh, the first reading was at a place called Busboys and Poets, which there are two brick and mortar locations, but it's a hybrid bookshop, restaurant and performance venue um, and is not just patroned by other writers, which I think is also something that is maybe harder to come by in my experience in, in being a writer in Australia is you go to performance events and a lot of the people who are attending are other writers or artists in some way. And so here it's been nice because it's not people, the point of connection isn't, isn't craft or practice. It's more uh, community and lived experience. Uh, and so to have self-identified people in the audience who have just come to hear work shared uh, is really rewarding 
in a way that I, I think I just wasn't expecting the scene to be so rich in that way. So that's been really beautiful. And, and there we've so far performed at three events, um, different writers at different uh, events. And the, it's been pretty consistent on that front where the crowd has been so lovely and so generous, I think, in that they just want to hear people share work. It's not maybe as rigid and career focused as what I've seen in, in, in the past. So that's been really lovely. It feels like we're here and actually connecting with community. Yeah, I feel like there's there's so much to be said for like making the most out of this like kind of terrible situation as we've actually met some really amazing Asian American activists and poets. We've been taken care of by this incredible Filipino-American poet, Reggie Cabrico, who's like just programmed us at the Kennedy Center the other day um, and also brought us into the Busboys and Poets performances. So in a way um, where we kind of wouldn't have met anyone in the residency as it was ideally envisaged, now we've really been kind of immediately dropped into community and had these moments where we can meet both like Asian American poets, but also a whole bunch of other people. And it's been like very, very exciting to see how poetry functions within just like Washington, DC. So I guess I just want to hear about like, obviously there's been a huge response and outrage to um, the Smithsonian's handling of the festival's cancellation. How has the Asian American and diaspora community of writers banded together in this moment? What have been the demands? And, and I also heard that there's going to be um, a festival happening organised by the writers themselves. Yeah, so it's that. been just like truly incredible watching Asian America kind of unify, come together and get shit done. Um, it's actually just like truly invigorating watching it work. Um, so there's an open letter, which you can still sign if you'd like to. It now has over um, 2,300 signatures. Um, but essentially the demands are just, uh, the Smithsonian has blamed the festival planning staff for the festival's cancellation, which is just like blatantly untrue and there's a lot of evidence against it. So the first demand is to retract that public statement, um, asking for full honoraria to all organisations and artists as promised um, and the immediate resignation of the acting director, Yao Fan Yu, um, and implementation of it like a search for a new permanent director who can begin to re- re- repair trust with the community and the partners because it is just absolutely like broken right now which is really devastating um and then hoping that there will be like a new festival for next year that they'll create like kind of more transparent collaborative decision-making processes around the festival as a community-oriented program because it already is but now we really need transparency and I think the most heartbreaking part of it is like the last kind of ask is that an assurance that the Smithsonian supports trans and non-binary writers Um, because part of why uh, how do I say this they they asked for a specific document to be produced just before the festival was cancelled around programs which might provoke the public and 
once they received this document which listed a trans and non-binary reading room, the festival was cancelled. Um, so whether or not that is just a coincidence or the reason for the cancellation, it is really, really devastating and really dark um, simply because, like, I think panels and initiatives to support trans and non-binary authors as they continue to face like unprecedented levels of violence, book bans, anti-trans legislation. It's just so important to be able to hold space for Asian American trans and non-binary artists and writers. Um, so the timing of the cancellation just really raises quite disturbing questions. Um, so that is quite a dark and disturbing part of the festival's cancellation alongside other panels such as the one Hasib was actually programmed on with the incredible poet George Abraham on Palestinian diasporic literature. So there's some really, really dark kind of implications for the cancellation of this festival. Yeah, so it's exciting. The initial festival is called Ghost Worlds. This one is called Ghosted Worlds an uncancelled Asian American Literary Festival. It uh, occurs this coming Friday, so in two days. And there's a couple of events that the Slow Currents writers are in, the first being Literoki, which is very, very silly. Um, and then there's this incredible kind of marathon reading, uh, which everyone will read at on Saturday. Like they're bringing in everything, like every single Asian American artist that was supposed to program that can still make it is going to be reading at this beautiful six hour event. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the ring cycle. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> and then there's this great ghost stories, um, event on the Sunday night to kind of, which I think initially was occurring. So that might be one of the only events that actually is still going to occur because it was being held at loyalty books who've been really supportive um so yeah there are three big events and hopefully it will mean that we can still meet some really great asian american writers and i think just have some fun together yeah super important to have fun together especially during these times um i guess just to wrap it up i would love to hear like Leah, I know you do liminal, but you also do a lot of other, like your own writing projects. Um, but I, yeah, I'd love to hear like how this trip has been um, for you in terms of thinking about maybe the direction of liminal or your own projects. Um, and Hasib, I'd love to hear about like, I guess your time also in liminal over the, over the last few years and your own direction in writing in terms of what you're taking away from your trip and how you'd like to feed that into your to your work. So I have a few different projects in the go at the moment, but I came on this specific residency knowing that I wanted to work on uh, figuring out how to write fiction because it's not something that I feel very confident in, but uh, the writer's workshop that I'm a part of, The Slow Currents, is, uh, has a pretty significant number of fiction writers so I've just been chipping away every morning and every afternoon at some long form fiction uh, and learning how to do it better. Uh, and at the same time, I am uh, have been working on some edits for my upcoming book that's coming out in the new year. Um, 
And so it's been nice to be away and working and writing in a way that I haven't been um, privileged enough to do since I started writing because it's not feasible to, it's not financially feasible to simply write. So it's always been something that's been on the back burner while I've got a main bill paying job going. Um, so these two weeks have been really nice for that reason. And I actually took this opportunity to extend the trip out. So I'll be traveling for two months after this trip as well. Uh, and I'll be in Palestine and in Lebanon, kind of working with the momentum that slow currents had built with this residency uh, and doing nothing but writing until October, which is thrilling and daunting at the same time. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this novel. I've read some excerpts and it's going to be really good. I mean, I met you in 2017 when Liminal was this interview series and I was interested in kind of supporting Asian Australians just by putting a spotlight on everyone's work and since then it's grown to my absolute surprise to be honest it's grown to publish art and writing um, because it was interesting to be able to not only like showcase how people do things but support them in doing them and then in the last few years, kind of beginning with the Liminal Fiction Prize, just seeing what I could do and what we could do as a team to create these opportunities that I wanted um, as a young writer and still am, I guess, but that I want to see, that I wish existed. And Slow Currents is definitely the biggest thing that I have managed to somehow pull off and I'm in just like total awe of the energy that these writers are bringing every day and the output that they're sharing and all of the conversations that are occurring but to be able to see and um kind of watch this thing grow outside of like an idea in my head has been just so incredible so I'm I guess I'm just as we move forward uh just looking to see how I can continue to to make opportunities like this that start off as a very small small ripple but hopefully will continue outwards yeah not sure if I'll do anything new just sometimes you just have to continue the work you're doing and that's all for women on the line today we spoke with liminal founder and editor Leah Jing McIntosh as well as writer Haseeb Hurani about the recent cancellation of the Asian American Literature Festival we also spoke about the liminal residency program, Slow Currents. Thank you to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support. The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Cavara. I'm Senya, and tune in to Women on the Line next week on your local community radio station. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.